You hear those birds chirping? Colin, shut up. Okay, it's another episode of the Abbey Normal Podcast. I am your host, Colin Bourne. (laughs) How's it going today on this lovely day? Yeah. And today we have a special interview episode. Uh And would you like to care to explain what we're doing with that interview episode? Okay, so a couple weeks ago... I saw our friend Josh from Haunting Season had posted a video about how he had talked to these high school teenage kids who were making their own horror film based off of a mock trailer that they put together, sort of like a short project, and it inspired them to create their own feature-length horror film. So he talked to Keelan Gant about it, who's Mm -hmm. the person we're going to be talking with today, along with John Hanna, who's also the producer and in charge of marketing for the film. Mm-hmm. And I was really inspired by their story. So I gave them a follow on their social media. They reached out to us and asked us if we would like to do an interview. And I said, sure. Because the way they're generating their marketing tactic with this movie is to get the word out about this movie. They're using social media platforms. They're using... You know, contacting... Are they trying like, to contact Apple, too? Yes. So, in recent in recent events, they, it, they informed us that a lot of the movie was shot from iPhones. Yeah. And they thought the best way to get the word even further out there is to reach out to Apple, the company, yeah. and say, Hey, we have been using your technology, the iPhones, to make... A horror film, which is something, to our knowledge, has not been done yet. I mean, there are a lot of found footage films out there that have been shot with simple cam- camcorders, point-and-shoot cameras, even camera phones, but or laptop I cameras. I think it's pretty impressive that we've gone that far in technology, especially with phones, that we can actually make little films with them. Exactly. Which I think, is, again, is really, really impressive. Compared to how our standards were when we were in school, when it comes to making movies and videos, I mean, I think it's really impressive. I mean, all we had really back then was those giant box camera box things that my father had. Yeah, at camcorders. His house. Yeah, yeah, the camcorders. Yeah, I I actually love the camcorder. I miss it, but it's yeah. okay though. I worked with those kind of equipment too uh, when I went to college, which I do talk about a bit in this uh, episode and in this interview. But again, it was really nice to talk to them about their project and you could tell they're really passionate about trying to get the word out there they're really excited to get this project going to get the recognition it deserves and you know we wanted to give these two kids a chance to talk about it get the word out there because you know it's like we all say everybody has their start somewhere yeah whether it's you know later in life or earlier in life you know, I just think it's cool that there are still kids out there, and when I say kids, I mean like teens, obviously. Yeah. Who are going down that creative route of filmmaking? You know, they talk about the work, the working progress of it. You know, the struggles and learning curves that they mentioned in the interview. I think it's really, really impressive. You know, because sometimes you learn from those mistakes later on, and sometimes you learn them pretty early. So it's just interesting to hear them talk about their journey on this. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's cool, and what better way to do it than do it on here, honestly. Yeah. Like, help them out, you know? Because I want to do that. I want to help out the younger people. 
Yeah, exactly. It's like you want to not only help out, but you want to acknowledge that they're here, they're working on things, and these things should should and could be mentioned. See, and that's why I wish I had someone like that when I was their age. You know, if I wanted to do something, literally, I wanted someone like that to help support me. Exactly. So that's why I want to return that favor. Because I didn't have anyone, but if I did, I, I would want that. But that's why I didn't. That's why I'm doing it now. Yeah, and that's another thing, too, that you mentioned. You know, when when people have these creative ideas and these creative goals that they want to set out to do. Because from my own experience, when I wanted to go into a artistic, creative field after high school, a lot of people try to discourage me from that they're like there's no money in making art you know unless you're really 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 good at it you're not gonna get like a successful art career and that's really discouraging coming from adults or people who you turn to guidance for when you have an idea or goal in mind and you want to set out to do it so it's really it's really cool that you know more people are paying attention to this they're giving it like i said the recognition deserves and it's it can be very encouraging for these guys to listen get the feedback that they need to keep pushing for their goals exactly which and, is good yeah and i agree with you on that wholeheartedly yeah so, so it's cool that these kids who are from Wisconsin mm-hmm. that wanted to basically make a movie in their own hometown yeah and that's awesome so yeah. i think that yeah it's like you said it's really cool it's really fascinating it does you know, it does sound pretty inspiring so yes uh-huh. so yeah yeah is there anything you want to touch base on though before we get into the interview um not that i could think of right now unless you have something in mind well there was something that i was going to talk to you about we had started talking about it prior to the recording, but I don't know. I might say that for another time. Yeah, please do. Yeah, let's save that surprise for everyone. Oh, I'm not talking about that. Oh, what do you mean? Remember we were talking about angels the other day? Oh, you want you want to give them that angel talk? No, it's it's just it's interesting. The angels that you showed me were different from the angels I knew, and those angels so... look horrifying because they look like feathery butterflies <laughs> of death. So to clarify what we're talking about, yeah, last week I'm scared I now. last week I asked Colin. <laughs> I was like, you know about angels, right? I'm like, yeah, they're messengers, they're protectors. Well, that's why I said I followed it up with, so you know about angels. What do you think an angel looks like? And you basically said like a humanoid person with wings. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well. Kinda. That's you're not, what you're not wrong, but you're, you're kinda wrong. You're not wrong, but you're not right either. So it's... most people who subscribe to a religion where angels are depicted in religious scriptures oftentimes imagine them as godly humanoid beings of God. Yeah. Right? Know. Yeah. His army. <laughs> not really. But anyway, <laughs> if you actually read the Bible, and I don't, I don't know which Bible specifically, because there's all different versions of it, but 
the biblical description of what angels look like are way more horrifying than humans. I feel like all the Christians and other religions saw what they actually look like. I think they would totally be scared out of their pants. So I show this to Colin. Right, and he was horrified, rightfully so, because they are terrifying. Looking. I know, but I kind of wanted one. Like, I want a tattoo of it. No, <laughs> it's just kidding. But that's why I said, if you ever saw this in life, what do you think would happen? Like, what would your first thought be when you see something like I'm this? Like, Ooh, a butterfly! <laughs> it's not a butterfly. Just so you know, it's very horrifying looking. Like, if when I look at it, I'm like, these are the things that people like. People of religion always say, like, there's demons afoot. These are the demons that they're talking about. These are like, demon butterflies how, afoot. That's how horrifying these creatures look. And they're so big. Like, the way they're depicted are so huge. Can I fly on one? I want to fly on its back. But then, that got me thinking, right? <laughs> oh, I'm, no. I'm thinking, thinking. I'm thinking, if the Bible says that this is what their true form is like, that explains so much with what angel lore tells us in media, right? Like, take, for example, the show Supernatural. Oh, no. Don't put that in No, example. no, no, no. Because think about it. Think about it. Think about it. Hear me out. Think about it. Think about it. Think about it. Wow, you're like hear a rapper. Me out. Hear me out. He's <laughs> so, not like a rapper. Hear me out. So, I'm thinking to myself, okay. So, if the Bible says that angels are actually these vastly enormous winged creatures with like a thousand eyeballs made up of these like rings of i don't know what there are but they're terrifying to look at so i'm so so like okay so if that is the case that would explain why in some depictions of angels in shows and movies why they are represented how as they angels. are because like i said if you think back to the show supernatural Castiel takes on the form of a human, right? Prior to him doing this, that person whose body he was sort of like hosting in is Jimmy, right? Yes. So Jimmy was just a normal guy, everyday, like good boy with a wife and a kid. Good boy. And he was assigned by God to be Castiel's vessel, should Castiel ever need to go to Earth to commune with humans, right? Or That's in, the or body. Inter- okay. Interact with you. Right. Because to, to show themselves in this monstrous form would be horrifying, right? True. And even in the show, the Winchester brothers go to visit this medium named Meg, because they, they don't know what's going on. They think they're being haunted. Turns out they're only being followed by Castiel the angel. And she demands Castiel to show himself to her. The problem with that, though, is that when he does, he shows his true form. Which is what he always says is enormously horrifying. horrifying and to the human eye, cannot tolerate that kind of vision. Because mm-hmm. to look upon an angel, apparently, is to look upon essential holy fire. It will burn your eyes out, which is what happens to the character Meg in Supernatural. Huh. So it makes sense why some people say, well, when we see angels, we see them as humanoid beings with wings. And it's like, well, yeah, that could be true because they're using these humanoid bodies now, as hosts. Now I can't see 
angels in the outfield the same way ever again. Yeah. Can you just imagine those things out in the baseball field? (laughs) The point I'm trying to get at here is, if what the Bible says about angels is true, and that is their true form, can you imagine what would happen if those types of creatures actually came to Earth? What would your first thought be if you actually saw one of those things in life? You had no idea what it was, right? You see it descend from the skies. What would your first thought be? 20 eyes in my head. No. But what, what, no, essentially, what would your first initial thought be? Um, I don't know. I look, I look up from above, I see that, and I'm like, ooh. (laughs) But my, my thing is like, I see something like that, right? I don't subscribe to religion, so I wouldn't know what it would be. If I hadn't known this stuff already... I wouldn't know what those things are. I would legitimately believe we were being invaded by aliens. I kind of pull like a tenacious D and be like, ye be angels. So then that got me thinking even further, right? Yeah. So I'm like, okay, let's say hypothetically, because most people don't subscribe to religion, like I said, and there's other types of religion out in the world, right? Mm -hmm. What if somebody made a horror movie about this type of thing happening. Because keep in mind, religion, religious horror is has been and always will be a thing. There are many movies that show... Show the corn! Yes. So mm-hmm. there are always movies that show religion as either the cause of the problem or the solution of whatever problem... I'm trying to find another one. Of, well, The Exorcist. Yes, that's true. The Exorcist. Um... The Ritual yes, is another one. The Conjuring movies have a little bit of religious uh, themes to it. it. Like I said, they use religion to solve the problems as opposed to causing the problems. Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey? No. What? My point is, what if somebody made a movie where these monstrous heavenly creatures came down from the skies mm-hmm. and... Attack the human race. Wouldn't that be horrifying? Yeah. I mean, I think that would be a much more interesting movie than some of the other religious horror films we've seen. That movie would be called Angels of Death. And I don't know, like, again, I don't know if anything like this has already been made. It would be very interesting if something like this had been made. Well, I don't think anyone has really made anything like that because they never really show out in, like, public... What these actual, like, accurate-looking angels look like. Because if you actually show, like, let's just say you actually, one day, today's Sunday. Yeah. And you actually go to a church and you kind of show, like, a, um, what did they used to do with us in school? Where they kind of show a, um, oh my god. Spit it out. I'm trying, a like teleprompter, a, s- a teleprompter. And they show us pictures on the teleprompter of what these things are. They're like, Exhibit A, this is what a real angel looks like. And they show, like, throughout the things of, like, each picture of what they show and what they could be. And literally everyone in the audience would freak the hell out or be very upset. Because well, they'd be like, that's not my angel. Well, that's the thing. Because, like I said, yeah. you know, we have... We have some religions that do look to angels as beings of heavenly power, right? Mm-hmm. 
how they are viewed, how they are described, how they are envisioned is different across all the boards. You know, and I I think it would be very, very, very interesting. And especially with things going on right now where certain decisions are being made based on religious biases. Um, would be very interesting to be highlighted in a cer- certain horror film. Don't mm-hmm. you think? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think th- that would be I, really interesting. I'd be down for it, yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Like I said, I think that would be very interesting. I, I would love would to be... show people what they actually look like and see what people's reactions are. You, We could always post a picture of it on our Instagram and be like, <clears throat> if you saw this in a horror film, how would you react? Yeah. If you saw this coming down from the skies, how would you react? Right. But yeah, I just it's just something that I have thought about recently, and I thought it would be interesting to share. Okay. Now we all know. Now- yeah, and now that our rant of that is over, I think we should get on with the main event. All right. And without further ado, this is the interview that we did with Keelan Gant and, and John Hanna, the creators of Night. Today, this is the uh, episode of the Abbey Normal Podcast. I am your host, Colin Bourne. And I'm Aaliyah. And today, we have actually a special episode. We have an interview episode with uh, two of the creators who are making... Independent film. Yep, called Night. And we have today, we have Keelan and we have John. How are you both doing? I'm doing it. (laughs) That's good. No, I'm I'm so happy that you guys are willing to come on the show and talk to us. Thank you guys for having us. Yeah, Yeah, I know. I was actually super excited about this, especially when I first heard about this and everything. And you guys were going to make a, a low-budget film, and you guys were still in school, and that's awesome. Yeah, I think that was you one. Appreciate of the, this. Yeah, I think that was one of the things that really made me interested in you guys when I first saw your interview with Josh from Haunting Season. You two being high school students making your own film, like you said in the video, everybody's got to start somewhere. So it's interesting to see young, talented, and creative people like you guys make something really unique. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, and, and even a lot of the biggest like directors and big-name people have started out young, just yeah. like this, the same way. Start off with nothing and then going up to have something that they have a legacy. And you never know what life is going to take you, but you might as well start you know, where you are in the beginning. Right. So, And that's awesome that you guys are doing what you guys are doing. And... Just like, just wanted to ask, you know, tell us about yourselves and how and what got you into the horror genre. All right, John, do you want to go first? Or? Yeah. Hi, um, so my name's John. Uh, I'm 17. I go, uh, I go to school with Keelan, and then we met. Uh, we were doing a blood drive, or I was doing a blood drive, and um, I was speaking to him, talking about it, uh, marketing it, trying to sell it to him. Mm-hmm. And um, after we were done, said that he liked the way that I talked, how I kept the conversation going, and he told me about his movie. I was interested in helping in helping getting it out there. Uh, I'm not the biggest horror fan, like I'm not like I'm not the biggest horror fan, but I enjoy a good horror movie, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that, that's how we met. Uh, that's a little bit about me. Okay. What was it? You had a third part to that question. I forgot. What was the third part to that question? It's what got you into the horror genre. So. That's it, okay. Yeah, if, even if you're not like a fan of the genre, was there any sort of movie or horror movie related? Uh, or, or something inspire you within the horror genre that really got you into doing something like this? Well, movies like Scream and uh, Halloween with Michael Myers, 
there's there's definitely some inspiration from those movies in this one, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I I like those images uh, as much too. So nice, nice. Yeah, that's awesome. But how? Oh, wait, it's your turn. Yeah, it's your. your... All right, if you um, want to go, you can. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, my name is Keelan Gant, and I'm the writer, creator, director, main actor of Night. I kind of wanted to be an actor, but I wanted to be able to choose what movies I wanted to be in. So I just decided to make my own. And I used to make like funny videos, like just like. Uh, for entertainment on my YouTube and I decided to make like a, a horror movie trailer that was supposed to never come out ever. It was supposed to be just like a fake entertainment type movie trailer. Mm-hmm. And after editing it and posting it, I realized that it would be a cool actual, like an actual horror movie that that could be, you know, pretty good. So I decided to get my friends to act in it. It took a lot of, you know, it, it's kind of difficult working with friends because a lot of people want to do stuff that's not really a part of your vision mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but uh after a whole bunch of rewrites and just a whole bunch of new plots i changed the plot like three times rewrote the script like a thousand times and i'm finally i finally got to something that i'm happy with and uh, what really got me into filmmaking like at first i thought you could just get a camera record and it is turned to a movie, but that's not the case at all. You gotta learn how to do a lot of uh, filmmaking techniques. So I spent like a year just Googling it and just searching up so many YouTube videos, sitting there for hours, just learning how to do this and that and this. And I finally got like all the filmmaking knowledge in order to make my own film as of right now. I know I'm not done learning, it's still so much more that I need to learn. I'm actually looking forward to going to film school and college. Nice. But uh, as of right now, I think I know what I'm doing. For the most part, I know it's not going to be perfect, but I just want to look at the mistakes that I make and and see how I can make it better. I started making short films. And uh, just to get some recognition out there so some people can see some of my work to kind of get the idea of what this feature film is going to be like. And uh, what got me into horror mostly is just classic horror movies. This movie right here, Night, is a slasher slash uh, psychological thriller. So it's like both, mm-hmm. which I feel like is pretty unique. It's not a lot of movies that like combine both of those subgenres of horror. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I tried to make some slightly unique. I hope people enjoy it and like it. And my biggest inspirations in like horror, I like uh, the short film version of Lights Out. Oh, yeah, uh, that's really cool. Predatory is a is a good psychological thriller. Which one? Which one? Uh, Scream, I like Scream, like in the slasher mm-hmm. genre, stuff like that. So yeah. No, that's awesome. Yeah. I know definitely before we uh, finish this interview and everything, I got a few slasher films to recommend to you both that are actually very good. <laughs> and I feel like it'll definitely give you some sort of inspiration. And also, it's like a lot of like, when I find creative stuff within slasher films, the killings themselves and the ideas they have like of how to kill someone in, in each film, it's quite amazing. Like... You have different ways of how to like kill someone in slasher films, and it's just like some of the yeah. most coolest ideas. Yeah, 
And I was going to say, because that's what makes slasher my favorite subgenre of horror, is how creative they get with those scenes. And especially like with practical effects artists, they go sometimes above and beyond just to create these like really effective moments in their movies. Yeah, so remind me before this interview ends that I got to give you some recommendations because <laughs> these are some pretty badass films for sure. Yeah. All right, cool. We'll do. Yeah. All right, and tell us more about your team. Like, what roles do they play in the movie and with the movie? Like, what do they bring to your film? Okay, so uh, John is marketing manager and he also plays a character in the film named Brian Matthews. Uh, I play Josh Park, which is the main character of the film, kind of like a, a final guy of this horror film. Hmm, nice. uh, we have one of his best friends, Thomas, and uh, his friend group consists of him, Thomas, CJ, and Michael, which are, all those characters are on the Instagram. Like, you get to see the actors, and I type in, like, uh, a brief... Like little descriptions for yeah, of the uh, of the characters, so you kind of know like what the characters like okay. and stuff like. That's cool. No, uh, and you all met through school and everything. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, sir. Nice. Nice. And so you mentioned your inspiration uh, with horror movies. What other inspirations like encouraged you to go into filmmaking? Like, what were the movies that you guys watched? I mean, you've got Scream, Halloween. Is there any other like? movies that stood out to you when it came to wanting to do the filmmaking process? I can't really think of one. I watched Scream like a thousand times. <laughs> I can't, yeah. <laughs> Same here. No, that's, that's okay. That's all good. Yeah, no. You got a bunch of Scream lovers watched, and that's awesome. Just for the record, I watched all kinds of horror movies. I have yeah. so many movies that I know of. Mm-hmm. But as far as like inspiration for the film, I'm like that's like all. Okay. No. No, that's cool. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. And I guess a little bit of inspiration, for me at least, also just comes from like watching actors as a kid. It's like, man, so cool. It's just like one of those things. Whenever you're in elementary and they say, hey, we're going to be, and then like half the class says actors. Like, you know, something that you always just love to see, you know, you look up to, then you say, I want to do that one day. Yeah. And yeah. Keelan put that opportunity in front of him. And Keelan put that opportunity in front of me um, after talking. And it was hard to say no. That's good, you know, and it's always, when you have an opportunity like that, you should always go and grab it, you know, so I definitely agree with that more than anything. And as you mentioned earlier, this movie was based off of a short film that you did prior? It wasn't a short film, it was just like a fake movie trailer. Right, okay. Mm -hmm. Cool. Nice. Yeah. And what was was that called? It was called The Night. Oh, The Night. The Night, okay. Okay. Yep, and then this one is just called Night? Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. No, and, like that's, that. and that's really cool, too, because I, we've been kind of mm-hmm. seeing that more in recent years where people take these, like, short film ideas and then they make them into feature-length films. Like, we just did a review on this movie called Kids vs. Aliens, and that was based off of one of the short stories from the VHS uh, uh, yeah, movie anthology. Series. Yep. Yeah. And even Terrifier is another movie that's based off of, like, a short clip from an anthology series. Mm-hmm. Which is really interesting. So it's really cool to see more of that come to light. Yeah, but I think you like Kids vs. Aliens. It's like Goonies, but with aliens. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I heard about it. I yeah. never really got past it. Yeah. It's really good. 
I didn't think I would like it. I'm not really a big sci-fi horror person, but I thought it was really interesting. Yeah. Is it like a comedy too? Yeah. It's, it's a got, bit of it's yeah. Got it's a it. bit of a comedy because it's like it's centrally focused around these group of kids with like a couple of teenagers, but it's just it's really interesting and yeah. for like an, I don't. I, I guess it's like more of an independent, low-budget film, but so it's like it's, sci-fi, comedy, and horror mixed together. Yeah, and it's like yeah. oh, that sounds interesting. Oh yeah, yeah. No, and it's then, fun. Yeah. yeah, the effects were really cool, and the story was like nicely paced. But yeah, it's just one of those movies where you know it's pulled from an anthology series or anthology story, mm-hmm. and then it had its own feature-length. So, is there any other shorts that you have worked on that we might see later on in the future? What's up? I'm sorry. I just all of a sudden like, got like like three straight sneezes. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's okay. Oh, no. It's all good, man. He does <laughs> that. Just... That happens to Colin all the time. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no. It happens to me all the time. So, yeah. <laughs> we'll just apologize. Oh, that's okay. And in regards to the shorts or other small projects you've worked on, is there any that we might see in the future become feature-length films? Uh, I have this short film by the title Viscous, you know, like viscosity, like the thickness of fluid. And it's about blood pretty much. Like, that's the origin of the the title. And it's about this young person that's, like, just in his house, and he discovers a whole bunch of blood just somewhere. And it was supposed to be, well, it's it's suspenseful, because you don't know where it came from, you know, who, like, whose blood it is, anything like that, but out of all my short films, that that would be a, a pretty interesting feature experience, I yeah. think. Mm-hmm. That, and I also have a, a short film by the title of Is Someone There? And it's kind of like uh, this person is looking into the darkness because they hear a strange noise, and the whole suspenseful side of it is like, I don't imagine the noise. Is there actually someone there? Is the danger real or is it just a figment of the person's imagination? I like that. Yeah. I cool. like, yeah, I was going to say I like that too because I feel like that's a type of feeling that a lot of people experience. So you, re- you would really hit a lot of different demographics of people by making a story where everybody has that shared experience where. I mean, I know myself, I get that some way sometimes at night where I'll hear a noise somewhere in the house and then I got to wonder, is it Colin? But it really is me, honestly, you know, I just <laughs> let out a fart or something and, you know. But yeah, yeah it's like one of those moments where you don't yeah. know. Like, like... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like a, it's like a ghost fart, you know, I'll make a ghost fart and she's just like, honey, is that you? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> That's cool. Like that yeah. sounds really interesting though. And, um. You mentioned earlier, too, that learned a lot from making this film. Like, you made some mistakes that you learned from and grew from it. Is there any other learning curves you could share with us when you made this movie? Okay, well... Like, other difficulties? Yeah, like... Like... Like, some challenges or struggles or, like, learning curves. Like, learning... Like, like learning how to, like... Like, learning how to film and stuff. And things within film. One thing, uh... Well... I learned that friends are not always reliable for professional uh, events. Just about to say that. <laughs> like we we re- we learned that a lot. That is, I mean, friends are, are good 
to me when when it comes to the acting because like you already know that person and it helps with the chemistry and the bond on screen. But when it comes to showing up on time, showing up on the right days, knowing when how to schedule your time and stuff like that, mm-hmm. there's a lot of uh, parts where you really realize that your friends are like the the best decision for this, but it's like pretty much our only decision. But we have to recast a few people. But, uh, you know, that, that's fine. So, like, it'll work out now. Yeah. For sure. And, Jonah, do you have anything you wanted to add as well? Uh, yeah, I was kind of... I, I mean, Ken already said, said what I was going to say. I mean, okay. I mean, we've had to reschedule some filming days, just some days to meet up and talk about, uh, go over, like, scripts, the plot, and it's just... I mean, and it's like people have their own situations, and me, like, for respect of that, but, you know, multiple times, it just kind of becomes harder and then sometimes it isn't always to do like we have each other's number we could always just hop on a facetime call or whatever mm-hmm. right but sometimes it's in person it's just it's better we're actually there everybody so definitely i agree with what he said friends aren't always the best option but, but i was actually going to ask too especially where you guys are and everything and filming wise uh, what are the locations you guys do for the film? Or is it like you do big places or like just like one shot in one area? Or Okay, so one of the locations, or Kayla, do you want to do it? I mean, I, I can tell them. Was- okay. All right, so uh, one of the locations had like a big pivotal point of the film. It, it takes place in, in multiple locations. We have uh, the settings right now is the forest, a party, and then just a person's house for oh, okay. cool so okay. one of the biggest like plot points of the film takes place in the woods hmm. it's like it, it set the entire tone like one thing i want to do is like uh i want to show the effect of the trauma in this film like uh all right so you see the friends for the first time and they're bonding, talking, whole bunch of dialogue, whatever, exposition. Mm-hmm. Uh, just dead space, pretty much. Uh, they're getting along, a lot of chemistry going on. You see how happy they are. It kind of sets a, a regular tone to film. You're laughing, watching them, whatever. And then after this plot point, it kind of it kind of turns the entire film around. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I didn't want to give any spoilers away. I just thought I, you know ass and stuff but that sounds pretty cool oh, do you consider that one it wasn't <laughs> well i don't know like the big the forest yeah. and everything yeah. like i just didn't want to give away anyone for anyone who wants to see the movie in the future all right it's, it's not too much of a sport okay sport. good okay. yeah that was yeah that was kind of like my half joking on that but no but like you know i just didn't want to give away anything so but i thought that was actually uh, very cool especially you guys wanted to set it in the forest and stuff because uh where I'm from, where I'm from originally, I'm from uh, um, Salisbury, Maryland. We actually live 30 minutes away from the Blair Witch Project. Yeah. Hey, you, have you ever went? So like, no, I always wanted to, but it scared the shit out of all of us in town for us to even go down there. Because that's because I don't want to end up like that kid in the corner of that little house, you know. I was actually just listening to a podcast the other day about the Blair Witch Project. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what'd they say? Uh, they were just talking about like the folklore behind it, oh, yeah, and how yeah. it's it's not really based off of a, like a local legend. It's just a ghost story from the na- from the area, and independent f- 
filmmakers ma- took a bunch of camcorders, went down there, made a movie, yeah. and they put it out. And it became a much more bigger sensation than they thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And because of how, well, how they marketed made it seem like to a lot of audiences it was real. It seemed very real at the time. I was scared as hell. And then on top of that, the coverage it got after its release really spearheaded a lot of the rumors and the circulation of the lore in the area and it was just like it's it was really interesting to listen to yeah and then when we found out that it was not too far where we lived at yeah no one didn't want to go over there at all yeah because that's how much publicity it got and like the rumors like everyone thought it was true so but i like that and you guys uh filmed in wisconsin right or in new york no we're we're filming in texas okay okay oh okay cool awesome yeah no so yeah so is there anything Uh else you want to ask Kyle, before um, I was about to say, um, I thought I had one more thing. Oh, yes, yes. To remind me oh. of the recommendations for you guys for the slasher films. Me, I'm a big, uh, yeah. me, I'm a big 80s horror guy. And I love 80s horror like it's nothing. So literally, um, for me, I definitely recommend for you guys, if you like summer-like type of films, um, my favorite is Sleepaway Camp. It has one of the biggest, like... Sleepaway Camp? Huh? Yep, Sleepaway Camp. That's a, yep. yeah, it's a very good one. And, uh, and uh, yeah, just the very end of it will blow your mind. It has a really big plot twist at the end. Yeah. <laughs> and if you like big plot twists, then you'll like this movie. And it's, and it's basically this person who's just going to summer camp for the summer and kills off everyone in the camp. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like... Um, it's like Jason, but it's a woman. That's a major spoiler. <laughs> nah, yeah. I guess I ruined but then it that again, one. First Friday the Thirteenth was his mom, so yeah. So so it's not really a big spoiler. I was saying like I, I heard that. Yeah, no, yeah. I think but I just watch it. Yeah, but that'd be a good one to definitely watch for sure. Also, another one too. Do you consider this one a slasher film? Uh, Children of the Corn. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, technically. Uh, there's another movie I mean, from 1984. It was by written by Stephen King called Children of the Corn, which is basically these. Um, remake it. Huh. They made a remake of it. Yeah, they did. Yeah. And they're actually just putting it on uh, Shudder very soon also. So that's a good one. And uh, yeah, it's these demon-possessed children. Or these children possessed by some demon. Yeah. And they go off and kill all the parents. Yeah, so other than that, yeah. I mean, those are my two recommendations I got yeah. and everything, so. Well, if we're going on recommendations, is there anything you guys want to recommend to our listeners? Anything new you might have seen that interesting for you guys? Uh have you guys seen Scream 6? Yeah, yeah. That was a, the very good one. Yeah, I was going to say. Scream 6 was... I like that one. I feel like that nice. one definitely gave me the same feels as, like, the first Scream movie. Mm-hmm. Like, it was cool. It just, it, like... It definitely was definitely... I don't know. Just it's the same way as I felt. Like, the chills and the jump scares and everything. Like, it was... What do you got this? favorite screen sequel oh that's a good question see i like when people ask those questions i like yeah. this this is awesome all right yeah you like scream yep. 2 that's a good one scream 2 is a good one i was actually gonna say that too scream 2 that's I... a good one yeah you know yeah, yeah. you he's he knows what he's talking about he got it yeah that one and also like scream 4 that's my favorite I that's like a good scream one four. yeah i was gonna say my second favorite my second favorite was probably like two three four two was mine I think two is the best, three is the second best, and four is the third best. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, because I feel like I like two and four, and uh, yeah, one will always be the best one for me. I, I love Scream 1, but... Yeah. Uh, 
I like four. I, I'm weird. I like four <laughs> remakes. You really do. Yeah, and, so when I watched and, Scream 4 and the whole concept behind it was horror movie remakes, I was like, oh, this is my element here. Like, I'm so pumped for it. And but that's, then, that's a good thing about each one of those Scream movies, that they talk about uh, the different genres within the sequels. Well, they talk about different uh, sequels and... Like like Scream 2, when they yeah. talk about sequels in Scream 2 and how mm-hmm. they can be good, but how mostly they're bad also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So stuff like that. I like when they're being very meta about everything, and that's what great yeah. what's great about Scream. Other than that, um, I was gonna say, you got anything else, honey? I do have one more question before we wrap up. Since you both are in high school now, and this will be your your first feature film, I'm assuming. Yes. Okay. What are your plans after the film's release? And after high school. Um, after high school, I want to get into film school, mm-hmm. and. Uh, my goals for the movie, I just want a lot of recognition. I want a lot of people that love horror to watch it. I'm taking my time on this film. I don't want to create any type of garbage movie. I want people to enjoy it and like it. And if it's not as good as I suspected, then like I said, work on stakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully a sequel will come out and it'll be like 10 times as better. You know, that's the whole goal is to get recognition. And also like, I like the headline of it, like, high school student creates first feature film on iPhone or something like that. Yeah. You know, not too many people do do things like that. Yeah. I think it's a great way to to get recognition, just in general. That's another reason, just because it's, it's great marketing. You know, marketing system that and it's great marketing for Apple, but also for us, because, you know, Apple, they're big time, you know, like, one of the biggest companies in the world, not the biggest. And then, I'm not going to say we're, like, a huge movie I mean, we're very we're starting off small, but I think that marketing it just shows that we can, if we can do it, if we can make a movie on an iPhone, then like that should just be giving motivation and inspiration, and it, and it also highlights how good that camera really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it's it's perfect marketing for both sides. I, I, I like also, it. Like, uh, there's been feature films made on iPhone, but there hasn't been too many horror made on iPhone. So I'm yeah. looking to be like one of the first ones to do it. Right. Mm. Yeah, and I like the way you guys are marketing right now. Like you're really generating a lot of word of mouth about this movie, which is really good. And you've really built quite a following in such a short amount of time. Like I said, I first heard about you guys through Haunting Season, which was about two weeks ago. It's growing, which is really good. Thank you. We're trying to get as many faces in front of the night title as possible. We want many people to know about it. Like, do you guys have any like horror influence friends or anything? You know, y'all can spread the word or whatever the case may be. Any yeah. other uh, horror podcasts such as yourselves? Feel free to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, we'll yeah. definitely spread the word. That's for sure. Yeah, you we'll know? try our best. Yeah, because it's always good to help out others too. So yeah, as well, definitely do that. And especially like on certain uh, social media platforms, the horror community is usually a pretty nice community from what I've seen. Everybody's genuinely supportive of one another. And when it comes to the love of horror, that's something we all can agree on. Horror's amazing. And it's an art form, essentially. And we can appreciate it as art. I mean, and just because we look scary doesn't mean we're not really scary. 
you know, and that's the thing about the horror genre is that it looks scary, but everyone's, you know, deep down is actually super nice and cool. Yeah. There, so. There's a lot of cool people at a horror yeah. yeah, and I'm really interested to hear that you're going to film school after high school because I took some media studies courses when I was going to college for photography, and one of the things that I learned, kind of the same way that you did, is that photography is not just picking up a camera and pointing and shooting images, it's a lot more than that, and college, college is actually where I picked up my first like DSLR camera which is much more bigger than a smartphone but I really had to learn the mechanics of it which was really rewarding at the end of the day Mm -hmm. and then from my media Mm -hmm. studies I found there's a lot I mean there's a lot that goes into making movies but there's a lot that you it's hard to explain into words but when I took these media studies courses it opened my eyes a lot more to how movies were being made and how they're being shot like I can watch a movie and or show and point out when a filmmaker decides to do a continuous shot. It's like five seconds in, and I notice there's no jump cuts or anything, and I'm like, oh my god, this is a continuous shot. And it's always like the most coolest thing when people decide to do stuff like that. And then I find out too, people who go into like film school or film studies, there's always going to be like a movie that you're introduced to in that time that you tend to like resonate with. And for me, the movie that I thought was very, very intriguing was uh, Alfred Hitchcock's Rear Window. I don't know if you guys ever saw those. I know who Alfred Hitchcock is, but I I never heard that. Definitely a good movie to recommend to watch, too. Yeah, it's a... I think it was released in like 1954. No, it was in the 60s. 64, I believe. Yeah. But it's... Have you ever seen the movie Disturbia? Yeah. It's like that, but from the 1960s, and it's, it's just like a this, modern take on it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's this man in a wheelchair. He's stuck in his apartment all day, and he just watches his neighbors through these binoculars and these camera lenses, and he believes he sees one of his neighbors commit a murder, and it just snowballs from there. But it's shot really, really interest like interestingly, and I feel weird saying it because. One of the things in art school and in film school they don't like you saying is that something is interesting because it's just a it's a universal word. It can mean anything. Yeah. But it's very intriguing the way Alfred Hitchcock made that movie. And definitely yeah. when you watch it, just definitely um, look at the uh, the camera shots and how they do them and stuff. And it's like quite like inspiring even for a camera uh, cameraman. He uses a lot of different shots. Uh, types of shots. Yeah, the cinematography, yeah, stuff like that. I think that's that's so rare. About the rear window. Uh, rare window, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so definitely a good one to recommend. That's for sure. Yeah. But yeah, but other than that, I think we're all good for. I think we're good for everything. Yeah, I mean, was, was there anything else you guys wanted to touch on before we sign off? Not really. We have a GoFundMe on our uh, account. It's uh, I believe it's linked in the uh, bio. So, uh, our donations, we appreciate having our donations. Yeah. And I think we could do that in our bio, too. Yeah, we can post it in our Instagram stories. And also, where, uh, where can... I like 2,000. Oh, okay. Okay. Nice. What were we going to say? Uh, I was going to say, uh, where can anyone, uh, where can everyone follow you? Instagram at Night Official Movie. Uh, YouTube, Night Official Movie. Oh. TikTok, Night Official Movie. 
those are like the three main movies. Awesome. Okay. Well, yeah. And when can we expect this movie release? Um, by the end of this year. Oh, okay. Right. Awesome. Right. Other than that, no, it was nice to meet you guys, and it was a pleasure talking to you. And uh, good and good luck with everything. Yeah, but other way, other than that, you guys have a good night now. Yeah. You too. All right. Thanks. And we are back. And there you have it. We had a wonderful, interesting conversation. Yeah. With both the with both the boys. Yeah, and then hopefully, if any further development arises from like an initial release date is announced, or if anything comes up, we will post about it or talk about it on the platform. We will promote the shit out of it. Um, we will post other things from their social media as well, so be sure to go follow them on Instagram if you haven't already. Yeah. And, yeah. Give them a really shout-out, help them out, do everything you can to make this thing come true. Yeah, it sounds really interesting, like I said. And like I said in the interview, I hope that after the release of Night comes out, I hope that it really encourages them to do other feature-length films from one of their previous projects because that Eviscus short story he was telling us about was really interesting. I want to see more of that. Yeah. Well, I yeah. want to hear more of that and see what it actually could come out to be. Yeah. It sounds really interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. Is there anything you want to talk, touch base on before we head out? Well, other than that, we did set up another thing. Another, another interview, yes. Another interview with one of my best friends. Mm-hmm. His name is Matt. He is not only a family man, well, Italian family man, but he's also a vegan who runs his own vegan pizza restaurant here in Rochester. And he's a lead singer of a, uh, the best way I could describe it, definitely in my roots that I know, is um, uh, scary, like, well, horror, hardcore. Like hardcore hor- horror, hardcore rock. horror mixed with deaf rock. Okay. So like stuff like that, you know. And he's like, they're hardcore punk, but they're spooky hardcore punk. Mm-hmm. And I like that, you know. And I feel like we need more of that. Yeah. So that's why I wanted to talk to him about his band because I know him very well. We go way back, mm-hmm. and I want to talk about his band, his life, his culture, like what got him into horror culture. Yeah. So stay tuned for that episode because I am looking forward to that. Yeah, it might come out in the next week or two, but we are definitely going to be covering a lot more uh, stuff this month. With, this month is Pride Month, so happy mm-hmm. Pride to everybody. And, and I feel like throughout the month of June, we are going to be covering more LGBTQ plus uh, representative horror films mm-hmm. or horror content for that matter. Yeah, Because there's a lot out there. And before we go further into it, I just want to say, like, Pride Month is a very special month for a lot of people. Very much so. Whether you are a member of the community or you're an ally of the community, it's a very special time for a lot of people. It's a time that's meant to be celebrating and encouraging the LGBTQ plus community. It's basically their 4th of July or their Christmas. Yeah. However... This is also the time where a lot of people who don't support the community really show their true colors. Exactly. And to that we say, they can go fuck themselves. They're a bunch of boobs and they need to go fuck themselves. Yeah. And on top of that, what really is disappointing to see is people who are horror fans be disingenuine when it comes to the LGBTQ community. Because not for nothing... 
LGBTQ plus representation in horror has been around for hundreds of, of years. years. Yes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. She's not so wrong. It, yeah. Even like before Mary Shelley wrote Frankenstein, there have been tons of queer writers, performers, artists putting out gothic, noir, horror content for the masses to take in. Yeah, because and some of them couldn't really show what they really are. That's why they use things like horror to bring out what they truly feel. Exactly. And that was the thing at the time, too, when a lot of people of the community who were being ostracized and villainized by the heteronormative society, it made them feel inhuman. Which is not a good feeling. I, I, you know, you learn a lot about it when you watch documentaries about the history of the LGBTQ community. And one thing I do want to recommend, I feel like we should do this at the end of every episode this month. At the end of every episode, we're going to recommend a piece of LGBTQ horror content. Can I do it first? Can I do it first? Can I go first? Can I go first? Mine's more informative. (sighs) If you're going to do the same one that I was going to do, I'm going to be very mad. So my recommendation, especially in the early month, in the, in the first week of June, if you don't already, go get Shudder. I know we're not sponsored by them, but if you go to Shudder, they have a docuseries oh, okay, called cool. Queer for Fear All right. that highlights a lot of different movies and horror content. I'm, I'm glad. And the history itself of... LGBTQ plus representation in horror. It's very informative. It's got a lot of queer people of the movie industry and the entertainment industry who talk about horror content. And it's very informative. It really, I learned a lot from this docuseries and it was very enjoyable to watch. And it also provides you with a bunch of other horror recommendations that have those types of representations highlighted in them. What were you going to say? I can't say it now because I'm glad you didn't pick it. Okay. But literally, do you really want me to say it? Sure. I was going to pick Vamp. That was going to be my other You better not. No. No, because here's the thing. I thought you went to Vamp. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. (laughs) You jerk. Here's the thing. That's my movie. Here's the thing. There's no thing. It's just a Vamp. When I watched Vamp. We well, we watched Vamp recently. It was my first time watching it, and mm. it was on my to be watched list anyway, because it was mentioned in the docu series. Mm-hmm. And there's a bunch of other movies that are on there that I still haven't seen yet that are on my to be watched list that I do eventually want to get around to finding and watching and enjoying. Yeah. So that is my recommendation. Colin's recommendation is Vamp. Fuck yeah. Stars Grace Jones. And uh, Robert Russler. Yes. And the guy from uh, um, from 16 Candles. What's a happening? Hot stuff. Do you even know his name? No. Do you want me to look it up? Please don't. <laughs> I'm going to look it up for you because I feel like it's important. Yeah. But I love that guy. He's very funny even though I forgot what his name was. I'm very upset at it, but it's okay. Mm. His name is... Getty, Getty Wanannabe, Getty Wantanabe, I apologize. Oh, yeah. Getty Wantanabe, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wantanabe? Yeah. I, again, I apologize if I mispronounce the he's name. He's in tons of 80s movies. He is. Yes. Like you said, he's in 16 Candles, he's in Vamp, he's been <laughs> in a lot of other films too. Yeah. But yeah, 
Yeah. Actually, I love when they turn him into a vampire and, like, he's in the car. About his to death explode, and he, he's, he's, like, he's like, my head hurts. <laughs> I feel sad for his character. Well, he was a sweet character, though, even though he was a little perv like he is in every other movie. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. But, no. But, you know, sometimes pervs have hearts. Yeah. You know? And with that in mind, <laughs> with that in mind, no, um... We're glad that you enjoyed the episode today. Yeah. We and hope you enjoy this episode. Yeah, we do. We, we hope do. you do go follow. It's not like you just listened to it. We hope you do go follow the Night Official Movie yeah. platforms. Yeah, and, and when medias. it does come out, watch it. Because yes. I know we will. I do want wa- I want to know how this movie goes. I want to see how this is. Like, yeah. I'm, like I'm kind of excited. Yeah. So, yeah. So, with that in mind, thank you for all listening today. And stay tuned for the next episode. Mm-hmm. And this has been the Abbey Normal Podcast. I'm your host, Colin Bourne. And I'm Leah. Signing off saying for Halloween, I'm going to dress up as the biblically accurate, accurate angel. The biblically descripted version of angels. Yes, and I'm going to go around churches and tell them that they are wrong. Happy Pride! Happy Pride! As always, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. We are currently on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Be sure to give us a like, subscribe, or a nice review for our podcast. It helps boost our show positively. You can also follow us on Instagram and now on TikTok.